Hey, Generation Church, we welcome you and invite you to encounter Jesus with us. We believe that through him, we will encounter love and discover our purpose. So take a seat, lean in, and let this message fortify your faith. I'm going to share with you some things that God has been working in my life that I believe have application for our lives um, in this season. And I don't know that it'll be very um, fluid because it's not like I've just been all week praying into this. But it is something that I am praying into and I am living. And in fact, Wednesday night at our um, home group, I said, yeah, I feel like the preacher's coming on about some of the things. <laughs> Little did I know. <laughs> so sorry, you're going to hear some things you've heard before. Um, but for most of you that um, I think you guys all know, I've kind of entered in this new place of running. And it's kind of comical because I was always the last person picked on a team. And um, I've never been athletic. In fact, the only team sport I ever played was softball in our church league. And I'm not really sure how I ended up on that team except for it was probably pressure from my mom because she was the coach. And um, I just wasn't good at all. I mean, I was awful. In fact, um, Sam, we were dating, and um, I just remember this line drive coming. I've got my, I've got it! And I'm running toward it, and the thing hit the glove in my head, and boop, and I just go knocked out. <laughs> Sam just remembered seeing me going, and I just kind of fall to the ground. And it was maybe, I don't know, six weeks before our wedding, and I had a good old nice, yeah, Anyway, all that to say, I'm just not known as an athlete. I have other strengths, but this has not been one. But my daughter, Amy, now I will say this, like I have care, I mean, I have this whole thing about I have one life to live, and I want to live well, and I want to, all the days he's ordained for me, you know, I want to be in health. So I've, I've kept, you know, a healthy lifestyle, and I've had exercise mostly at home but running has just always been something I haven't liked at all but my daughter Amy is very athletic and so she had been talking to me for a long time mom we should do a Spartan race you might know what a Spartan race is okay that, that's like leaping over fire and climbing through mud and I'm like, I am not doing a Spartan race. I don't know what you're thinking, but that is not happening. And um, she says, oh, I think it'd be great. We'd have so much fun. I'm like, that does not sound like fun to me. <laughs> and so I said, what about a color run? That looks fun. Have you seen, like, the 5Ks and they throw the colors? And I'm just thinking, that looks like fun. And she's like, Mom, that's not a real race. <laughs> so anyway... Um, we decided to sign up for Disney's half marathon, Prince's half marathon. Um, oh, that's fun. That's at Disney. And, you know, that's cool. So I had been walking for quite a bit. Um, I started walking regularly. Um, I usually hit about 10,000 steps before 10 a.m. And I, um, Sam jokes, I mean, I do, I walk and pray. I have like a figure eight in my house. And um, you can cover a lot of territory in a loop. 
So, you know, I, I, I thought, okay. So I had a friend. I had, well, she's still my friend. Her name's Nancy. And um, she's the only person I've personally known, except for my daughter, Amy, that has been um, in races. And she had actually done this princess. Well, actually, she'd done a different Disney half marathon. Maybe in 2007, it was a long time ago. And... Um, we happened to be at Disney, and so we got to experience the finish line. And it was the first and only race that I'd ever been to was this Disney half marathon that she was running. And um, I remember seeing her coming down the way and, you know, Disney is a great place because like, they have, like, Mickey Mouse is like, go, Nancy, go. And, like, they, anyway, <laughs> and, and there's just all this excitement, like, really big Disney style. And, you know, there's friends and families. And it was the first, maybe because, like, I've never been at a race before, it was the first time that it ever felt like a great cloud of witness. And this cheering us on. We all need to be cheered on from time to time. So anyway, I'm just kind of getting, that was part of my running journey that happened a long time ago at Disney. So anyway, now here I am, I'm signed up for this marathon set or half marathon. So I call Nancy it's the summer of 2019, and I've never, I, mean, I might have had to run a mile in school when they made you do that. Do they still make you do that? I th I'm pretty sure I was always the last one. Um, anyway, so I called my friend, Nancy, and I said, you won't believe who's going to run a half marathon. And she goes, really? And I told her, yeah, me. She says, wow, when is it? And I said, well, it's going to be in February, next February. And she goes, huh. Well, that'd be interesting. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm just waiting. What's going to be interesting about that? She goes, training in the winter, in the mountains. And I said, there's training involved? <laughs> and she's like, uh, yes. <laughs> so I think you're going to just, you're going to all have things to glean from in your life, in our spiritual journey. So, I um, am a pretty, okay, there's training involved, so by golly, I'm going to figure out what that means. You know, I have no, nothing. So, I, I um, Google um, running in your 50s, starting out, <laughs> training, <laughs> what is that going to mean? And um, I found this... Um, woman, her name is Jill Angie, and she had a book called Not Your Average Runner. And I thought, well, that sounds like me. <laughs> that, I'll take that. And so I ordered the book. I'm very, like, I'm, I'm very like, okay, if there's training, I'm going to be in this, you know, I'm going I'm to do this. So I still had no idea what I was getting into. And then I saw she had podcasts. 
So I downloaded those, and it was really great because she was geared towards, um, you know, people that were had never run before and decided they wanted to run, or their various places and you know their um, physical abilities and age and all that. And um, so I started listening to her podcast, and you know, she talked about intervals, and and so like I was like, okay. So I would run like to I would walk. Sorry, I would walk two and a half minutes and run for 15 seconds. And, she, you know, you do that for 10 times. So this is like I'm just starting to, like, train myself. And I remember the first time I got that first 15-second interval that I'm running, and I'm running, and the whole time I'm doing that, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I hate this. <laughs> I really don't like this. And I'm telling myself um, how much I hate it. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I can never imagine hitting a mile, you know. But I had this desire to do this thing with my daughter that she had a desire to do. And so, like, okay. So, you know, I got the training plan, and I, you know, I'm rearranging, and I'm listening to all the different things. And, um, you know, my goal at that time was I just... I don't care about winning. I don't care about having a time. I just want to meet the finish line. I just want to hit the finish line. And um, which seemed like a really good goal to me, <laughs> you know. So um, somewhere along the training, I can't tell you exactly where or when or how, but somewhere, like I'm out there, and it was a I'm, it was a discipline. You know, it was sometimes it was a duty. It's a rain day. Now I would kind of watch the weather and try to adjust my running days so I didn't have to run in the rain and those kind of things. But I was really trying to be committed to the process so that I could actually hit this goal. And uh, I'm going to cross the finish line. And somewhere along the process of that, I realized, you know, a thousand things could happen that I might not finish the finish line. I need to shift my goal that I am going to partner and to do everything I can to show up ready and to do my best and to have fun. So my goal shifted, which was a good thing because we get to the race, I'm all excited, I can't hardly sleep, here we are, we have our princess dresses, we have running dresses. I was Elsa, the braid. <laughs> she was Anna. Elise went. She was Olaf. <laughs> she was going to walk. She was very pregnant at the time. We are so cheesy, but it's weird. <laughs> so anyway, anyway, so you know, we're out. We're ready. Now, the thing is, and one thing I've learned is you never, well, I mean, I'd heard, because I'd never been in a race before, I'd heard you never do anything on a race day that you've never done before. You know, so like you practice. I didn't run in my running dress in the neighborhood, and I just couldn't get myself to do that. But everything else, <laughs> everything else I you know, had tried to implement and practice. Well, the one thing I had never done before was I'd never run with anybody else. So <laughs> we're in... We're, in a half, we're a mile and a half in, and they had said, you know, all the walkers, you know, walk to the side so that the runners can get by. But they were, like, walking, so I'm weaving. And about a mile and a half in, 
I trip and I fall. And I rolled my ankle and it popped back up. And I'm like, that's okay, I'm gonna get this, I'm gonna get this. And Amy's like, no, 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 no. You will really hurt yourself. And next thing you know, I am on the medac van being taken to the medical tent. So, talking about pivoting. (laughs) I was thankful that I had a different goal. Because if I hadn't have, I would have been devastated. But I'm like, okay. And I, I dealt with the... Um, I don't know how many of you guys were at church that day, Sam. You know, anyway, he was a, a poor guy. He was like, I'm sure he was really bummed out. I mean, it was a big, big deal. But I thought, well, okay, I'm at Disney. I'm with my daughters. You know, and I kind of repivoted and stuff. So we come back home, and Elisa's driving because my foot is really, really hurt. And we pull into our neighborhood, and I hear the Holy Spirit say, Open your RunKeeper app. And I thought, that's a strange thing to hear right now. And so I opened my RunKeeper app, which um, only use for when I run. It tracks how many miles, you know, and your distance and all that. Open that app. So I open it, and so I open it, and he goes, I want you to look at how many miles you've covered since you started, which I'd never paid any attention to. And I looked down and it was around 500 miles. And the Lord said, what the world sees as successful and what I see as successful are two different things. And I realized we live for the big Disney happy moments, and yet it's the unseen places that are really making a difference. Okay. I have so much. I feel like I am learning so much in this process. And, um, but we'll get back to the word. I want you to go back to Hebrews 11. And I want to talk a little bit about this great cloud of witnesses. I'm going to just, so... I'll just start out verse 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. I'm going to pause. We, we opened up in Hebrews 12, and it says, therefore. And I'm kind of going back so you can see what the therefore is there for. <laughs> okay. I'll go back. You just stay right there at 11. So just to kind of put it, because I know I talked a lot and it was a little. Therefore, we're surrounded by a great cloud of witness. So let's lay aside every weight and the sin which steers us and run with endurance the race set before us. Did you hear the word us? Okay, whether you realize it or not, we're all runners. <laughs> we're all in a race. We've all, and the course has been set for you, and, and, and the rider whom um, 
I think they're thinking maybe Paul, but it's not Hebrews. It doesn't really say. He's saying, therefore, we also, we are all surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, so lay aside, okay, run the race set before us. So we're going back now, and we're looking at what is the therefore? What is it therefore? So back at the beginning of Hebrews 11, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. is by the elders obtain a good testimony, and that does not only mean older people in our, I mean, it's like the people, that, the generations that have gone before us. By faith, we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen are not made of things which are visible. Now, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to read all of this. I'm just going to do some highlights. So now the writer in Hebrews goes and he begins to talk about faith at the dawn of history. He talks about Abel. He talks about Enoch. And then in verse 6 it says, Without faith it's impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And then he goes in and he talks about Noah and then Abraham and um, the heavenly hope. And I'm, I know it's, it felt like I'm going fast, but you can like go back and look at this later. But the heavenly hopes, verses 13, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them for far off, they were assured of them, they embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on this earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they called to mind that country from which they'd come out, they would have had opportunity to return. But they desired a better, that is, heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he's prepared a city for them. You know, we are all in a process. This life that we're in right now is so temporary. It feels very real. And it is real, but it's only a beginning. It's temporary. We have a hope of a future calling. And so when we're living in those places of, en of endouragement, where we need endurance, when we are discouraged, we have to remember this is not the end of the story. And we've got to continue to cultivate and walk in faith. And he goes on and he talks about Abraham. He talks about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Joseph. There's that generational blessing that you see tied in. And then faith of Moses, and then faith of Israel. Now, verse 30. Remember, I want you to think in context of we're running a race at Disney. <laughs> so there's training. There's endurance, there's mishaps, there's hardships, there's difficulties, but we continue on. We don't lose hope. We continue on. So verse 30. Actually, I'm not going to, let's skip down to third, past 30. Let's go to... Hmm, 33. So it talks about, um, highlights Rahab, and it highlights Gideon, and Barak, and Samson, and Japheth, and David, and Samuel, and the prophets. And then there's these, all these individuals 
Remember, these are all of the heroes of faith, the great cloud of witnesses who've gone before us, who through faith they subdued kingdoms, they worked righteousness, they obtained promises, they stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violent fire, they escaped the edge of the sword out of weaknesses, they were made strong, they became valiant in battle, they turned to flight the armies of the aliens, not outer space, but... <laughs> Women's received their dead, raised back to life. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trial of mockings and scourgings. Yes, of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, sown in two, tempted, slain with a sword. They wandered about sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. And all these, having obtained a good testimony, there's that word testimony, through faith did not receive the promise God provided something better for us that they should not be made perfect apart from us. So what that's saying is there are those that have gone before us that moved in faith. And they didn't see in the natural what they saw because it wasn't complete without us. And there are things that we are hoping for and longing for and living for and stewarding for. How many have, have, have like, you know, God has put some things in your heart that you know 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 he has said? And you've not seen it yet. And yet we continue on because if he said it, it will come to pass. If he said it, it will come to pass. But it may be, could it be that the next generation or the next generation is not complete until they come in? Because see, we tend to live in our own little... <sighs> and God's in this whole big picture. He knows the end from the beginning, every step along the way. And he, we can be confident, he who began a good work, he'll carry to completion. And sometimes, we can, they, that's what they're saying, that some of them had not received it so that they should not be made perfect apart from us. There's a generational thing, there's a movement from one to another that we lose sight of and we cannot give it. And this, the thing is that they are still cheering us on. Probably three, two weeks ago during push, we were praying and um, there's a handful of us that are um, weekly and then a few come in and um, Carolyn, who's not here today, um, she was sharing something that she was sensing from the Lord for Sam and I about this place and as she was praying and I was receiving it and all of a sudden the Lord allowed me it was almost like I was surrounded by the great cloud of witnesses that have actually been in this house that have already gone before the Lord it about undid me because sometimes I get tired do you ever get tired Sometimes we get tired, and the Lord was showing me, and all of a sudden, and this is not a you know, complete list, 
But all of a sudden, there was Scott Looper and Jim Boatwright and Mandy and so, I mean, just so many others. I mean, so many others. And it's like the Lord allowed me to see them leaning over the balcony of heaven and praying that the things that he wants happening in and through this house come to pass because they've sowed into that. And it's not, they're not complete without it being complete. We lose sight of how God is working and moving in unseen places. Are y'all with me? Okay. You're really quiet. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. So, and there's a great cloud of witnesses right here among us. You know, when... Um, I'll give another example with running. So, you know, that, that first race didn't happen. And then Amy and I made a mock up Holden Beach. We at Holden Beach, we had our own princess marathon at Holden Beach. We ran <laughs> in our princess, you know, and the whole family's like cheering us on. Yay, yay, okay. I mean, guys, this is a big deal that I've, like figured out that I enjoy it's not it, it did go it was a duty it was a discipline but it became a delight and there's something in that there's some things right now that God's calling you to that it's hard don't give up and ask him to meet you in that place and there's some days I get out there and I'm like I have to sit in my car for 10 minutes to give myself the I have to like catch the rest of myself up with the fact that I'm going to run today. Last Saturday, Daniel, he knows, it's, it's just a true story. <laughs> yeah, it, my, I have long running days, Thursday and Friday, or my, I try to schedule Thursday and Friday. One of those days, I can do long. It rained, it rained, it rained all Thursday, it rained all Friday, it's still raining. And it was supposed to clear up, and it's still raining on Saturday. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to run in the rain today. I mean, if it's, if it's a rain on race day, then I'm going to have to run in the rain. Sometimes you have to just tell yourself, I'm going to do what I've committed I'm going to do. Okay, so we have this great cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin that can so easily ensnare us, ensnare us and let us run with endurance the race set before us. And let me tell you, I'm going to just give you some practical things. One is this. Since... We moved here. Sam has a lot more natural energy, especially when it comes to capacity for activity in people. Like, he is like this, and I'm like this. <laughs> and most people think I'm an extrovert because they see, like, what, when I get all, it's not me. <laughs> it's called the grace of God. <laughs> it's anointing. It's not me. Okay? Um, but anyway, but Sam, like he can, he can go and the more, the happen the more, and I'm just like, and it just kind of wears me out. So I'd tell him before I knew anything about running, I'd say, honey, wait, I want to finish this race. This is before, I mean, this was back when we lived in Weaverville, like 20 years ago. Well, you gotta, I, I didn't know anything, but I knew I got to be able to run with endurance. To be able to run with, run with endurance, you cannot live the life of a sprint. Okay, and yeah, I believe a lot of people get burned out because they're trying to live life with a sprint. You were not made to live that way. We were created to work from rest. 
The Sabbath is a gift to us. I'm going to tell you, if you guys want to hit the mark, if you want to finish your race, you've got to learn to love and embrace and enjoy Sabbath. It's not a punishment. It's, you know, you think about, just think about this. God created the entire earth and everything in it. He creates man, Adam, and he says on the sixth day, it's the last thing, okay? And then God says, it's very good, and God rested. Seventh day. Could you imagine if I was Adam, I'd woken up my first day of life. What are we going to do today? We are human beings, not human doers. Now, that doesn't mean you don't do. You've got to be first. What are we going to do today? Here's God. I took the whole day off just to be with you. That's what Sabbath is about. Intimacy and fellowship with your creator and king. It, you know, and, and, and Jesus, he came and he disrupted every religious idea about Sabbath. So I want to encourage you, for me and Sam, our Sabbath is really wonky, but we're committed to it. I mean, we have to, we have to reevaluate it regularly. We did, we did life for a long time. When I was homeschooling, you know, he, had, he was like, I need Sabbath on Monday. I'm like, well, I can't do Sabbath on Monday because I'm homeschooling and that has to count. And so my Sabbath was Friday and that wasn't healthy for us. I mean, it wasn't, um, we were accomplishing a lot, but we were never Sabbathing together. So through... Challenges, we learned, okay, we need to make Sabbath Friday, and we have to pivot it regularly. So right now, because of, you know, he's stewarding, we have the church, and then he has symmetry and that schedule. So our Sabbath starts at noon on Friday, and it finishes noon on Saturday, which is, like I said, it's wonky, but that's, our <laughs> that's what we're committed to. So if you call in that time period, I mean, obviously, like, if there's an emergency, but we try to really hold and protect that time. We need Sabbath. The other thing we need is also we need rest, Sabbath spaces throughout our day. That means we need to like recognize, okay, once again, we don't work. I grew up with this mentality. I have to get all the work done and then I can rest. Has anybody else had that mentality? Okay. So Honestly, we have to come to the place of we work from rest, not to rest. We, because our source, our strength, our energy, we, are, we have limits. We need to, not, just when, when I get up in the morning and I have all the zillion things I need to do in that day, you know, I could, A, in my own strength try to accomplish all that, or B, acknowledge, Lord, today's your day. Here's all the things that I think need to be done. Apart from you, I can't do anything. What is on your heart today? Give me, help me to pivot with you because this is the day you've made. 
Sometimes you know, we have a situation come up and we're not sure um, what to do, so we do everything we know to resolve it in ourselves. Have anybody ever done that? We wear ourselves out. What if we said, Lord, I'm going to be still and know you're God. Even if it's just, you know, Sam, I wasn't here, last, I, mean, I was here, but I was back there. But Sam spoke about, like, holding your peace and not getting anxious. Is that right? Okay. Well, that's what he told me he was going to talk about. <laughs> what if the moment we begin to start feeling that anxiety, if we just pull away and take 30 seconds to a minute? God, I'm just going to be still and know you're God. I'm going to receive from you right now. I'm resting in you. All those thoughts that go crazy, nope, come back to the obedience of Christ. I'm just going to be still and know he's God. I'm going to receive from you. And then all of a sudden he gives you this, oh, I never thought about that. And see, his spirit comes in and gives you a creativity. Or he might say, you know, the thing you need to do is the one thing you've been avoiding doing that I've been telling you to do. You're like, man, I wanted a Shazam. I didn't actually want to have to put some effort into it. And then you step in faith in the thing he says to do. And your obedience is mingled with his supernatural power to do what only he can do. And you leave the results to him. See, a lot of times we do what he says to do and it still doesn't turn out the way we thought it was going to be and then we get all upset about that. But remember, he's God. Be still and know you're God. Okay. Gosh. I haven't got a quarter of what was in my heart to say today. <laughs> That's Okay. Let's lay aside, well, here's the thing, is we're on a journey. I have a feeling I'll be talking about this many more times. But anyway, let's lay aside every weight. You know, I'm going to, in the Passion Translation, can we put that up? Well, I'll read it to you. We have this great cloud of witnesses who encircle us like clouds so that we let go of every wound that has pierced us. Anybody ever felt a wound in this Christian race? I don't know. You think, I'm going to come to Jesus and all of a sudden we're all loving Jesus and nobody ever is going to hurt me again? Not that people intend to, but see, we're all in process. We're all being transformed. We're all humans. But in the Passion Translation, it says to let go of every wound that has pierced us. To get rid of every arrow tip in us. The implication is carrying an arrow tip inside is a wound that weighs us down and keeps us from running our race in freedom. Let go of every wound that pierces in the sin we easily fall into, sin that entangles us, sin that is ready and waiting for us. 
Then we'll be able to run life's marathon race or obstacle course. The Greek word there is, you're going to love this, agona, which means agony (laughs) or conflict. The assumption is this, the race will not be easy. But the proper path to run has been set before us. So then we'll be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination for the path has been already marked out before us. We look away from the natural realm and we focus our attention and expectation on Jesus The New King James says the author and perfecter of our faith, Jesus who births faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. He's the pioneer and perfecter of faith. His example is this. Because his his heart was focused on the joy of knowing you, That you would be his, he endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation, and he now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. So let us consider carefully how Jesus faced such intense opposition from sinners who oppose their own souls so that you won't become worn down and caved in under life's pressures. I want to talk a little bit about endurance. You know how I told you that first, 15, that first 15 seconds I was running and I was like, I hate this. Okay, first thing, if you tell yourself how hard something is, guess what? It's going to be hard. <laughs> we have to really pay attention to the thoughts that we're thinking. Because when we think a thought, like if I go, I hate this, this is awful, What kind of emotions are going to come with that? I'm going to feel defeated. I'm going to feel discouraged. And then when you're feeling those things, what kind of action comes with that? Huh? Exhaustion. You want to give up. You quit. Okay, so... I had to think about, like, okay, and I'm one that, like, truth really matters to me. So it's not like I could get, I love this, because I didn't love it. (laughs) But I began to tell myself I was made for victory and hard things. Because I can back that up here. (laughs) And so I began to tell myself those things. And so then what I began to do is I would practice running a little bit longer, walking less, a little bit longer, walking less. And somewhere in my discipline, this consistency, I begin to get stronger. And I begin to have endurance where um, now, and it went from like this duty to, I don't know when it happened, but all of a sudden I was like, I really like this. I think it was after a run, what I felt after a run. Like I felt, ah, I felt good. I started feeling better, started having more energy. But what happened is the endurance began to build 
to where I did run a half marathon and now I'm signed up for a marathon. Like, if you knew me seven years ago and you told me you're going to run a marathon, I'd be like, that is crazy town. And yet, I know, and it's not like I, I, the thing is, it's not about me running, but I know that there's things I'm learning because when I'm running and it's hard and I don't want to give up and it's uphill because our life sometimes feels like, or it's raining <laughs> and it's hard, but I'm like, no, I want to, I want to continue on this path. And so I have to remember my why. I want to encourage you to go back to your Why? That helps you to remember to stay focused. The other thing I would say is if you're getting worn out and tired, maybe it is getting you know, small little consistent steps to build endurance. It may be it's hard because you're dehydrated. I had a major fall in July and a big part of that was dehydration. In, in the Spirit, where do you think you get your hydration from? The Lord. We need the Holy Spirit. We need to be cultivating and drinking Him in regularly. That's going to help us to run this race and finish strong. We can't do it apart from Him. Or your fuel. I, <laughs> I um have never really loved breakfast. Food has not been a huge, big motivator for me. And then I realized I have to think differently about food. Like, if I'm going to be running miles, I need, I need fuel. I need to stay healthy. How many of us, this will be the only time you're in the Word, you're eating all week long? I'm not trying to be mean. But I'm just saying we need to be feeding ourselves in the Word of God. This is living and active. It gives us strength and hope. It helps us. We need community. We need to be encouraging one another. There's times where we are exhausted and we need someone to say, you've got this. You're going to finish this race. Keep on. I can't tell you how many times Joe Jane has encouraged us. Continue on. Continue on. We need one another. Something else, too, about running a race. See, the thing is, is that it's not about us beating one another. It is about us completing one another in Christ. And, like, here's Amy, you know, like, at that first race. And I flipped and fall, and I told her, I said, go on. She said, Mama, I'm not going without you. What if we lived in such a way that we don't move on without one another when we're built together that way? We're encouraging one another. We're strengthening one another. We're not competing with one another. And yet we're also giving grace that we're on different places in our race. And the things that God has been working to me, I don't then try to put on you because God hasn't called that to you. Or the things that God's calling you, I don't think, well, I'm not that much because I don't have that. 
We gotta break that stuff and realize that we are one body, his body, and he has purposes in and through us all. And we all wanna see one another succeed because we wanna see the purposes of God succeed in and through this house and in our lives. Okay. Some other thoughts? Just random things. Your gear. It would not serve me well to try to run three miles in high heels. <laughs> or sandals. You gotta think about are you putting on, putting off and putting on? Colossians speaks about that. Ephesians, where you you've got the armor of God. Okay, these are these are things, and the thing is, is that there is grace to grow. Our hope is that we won't be this time next year where we are right now. We'll be further along, but we're continuing on. Um, strength training. There's so you know, you just say, "Oh, running, that's not so bad." You just go. You got to strengthen, and, and see, I'm not an athlete. You, all the people that are athletes are like, "Girl, you don't even know what you're talking about." That's true. <laughs> But I'm learning. But I'll tell you this, strength training, you got to be able to strengthen your core. It helps prevent injury. You think about the belt of truth, strengthening your core and stretching. That's my least, I mean, after you've run 10 miles, the last thing you want to do is take 10 minutes and stretch. Now think about that. You ever think about how important it is then it's your day when you're so tired you just want to disconnect. Taking the time to go through that day and work those things out in the Lord. Those disappointments, those heartaches, those whatever. Just like, Lord, I just want to kind of thank you for this day. Thank, oh, thank you, Father, for what you did that. You know, because that helps to get the tightness when you're stretching. It helps get the tightness out so that tomorrow you're not sore and you're ready for the next day. Or sometimes you just need a long bath and to sit and soak in his presence. So that you can continue on. All right, so I think that'll be all for today. <laughs> Go ahead and stand up. Oh, one other thing. <laughs> this is really important. You got to identify yourself rightly. If I, like, I, and I said this to um, Jennifer recently, or I said, I'm a runner. I'm going to own that. Okay? If I, you know, now I, <laughs> I'm not going to win the Olympics, but, it, you know, if you run, you're a runner. So, Let's put it back in spiritual terms. You gotta, you gotta identify yourself as a follower of Christ. You gotta identify yourself as I am his disciple. Where he says to go, I go. Not only am I a disciple, I believe I'm a sent one. <laughs> that where I go, he sent me, and that I'm looking for places to see. 
his name and his fame to be known, to see captives set free, to see broken hearts healed. You know, sometimes, sometimes we don't understand what it is. We just know he's saying to do it, and we do it in faith. I, I was listening recently to, uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts because I have time when I'm running. <laughs> I was listening to a Joyce Meyer, and she was talking about, I believe it was, I'm going to say a name, I could be wrong, so forgive me if I am, but I think it was Billy Sunday. He, um, has anybody heard that name? It's like what's coming to my mind. Okay, does that sound like a real name? I mean, it's a real name. <laughs> it's a real person. Okay, I believe Billy Sunday was a pretty well-known preacher evangelist. Is that accurate? Okay, good, right person. So anyway, <laughs> Billy Sunday, um, he was used mildly by God as a pastor evangelist. And the backstory to Billy Sunday is that there was this person over here who, he was a preacher, I don't know his name, but he loved Jesus. And he woke up one night and the Lord told him, I want you to go to the train station and preach a gospel message. And he dismissed it, because that seems like a crazy idea. It's two in the morning, why would I go to the train station and preach a gospel message? And it wouldn't let up. I want you to go to the train station and preach a gospel message. Dismissed it, came back. You ever had that happen before? It's usually at that point where you kind of put it into action, <laughs> in faith. So this man goes to the train station. It's empty because it's in the middle of the night. He doesn't see a soul. He preaches his heart out. The gospel of Jesus. He just preaches, preaches, preaches. And he's like, well, okay. Talking about you receive from God, you run with him, and then you release it. Like, I don't know. That made no sense to me. There are times God will call you to do things that make no sense to you. Go with it. So he goes home. No. So I don't know how much time went by, but that preacher, pastor, evangelist, or preacher who heard that word was in a Billy Sunday evangelistic I don't know if it was conference or meeting and this man Billy Sunday gave testimony about how he had been at a train station years ago and he had heard he didn't see a voice who it was but he heard a voice from the floor above him preaching about the gospel of Jesus Christ and he got on his knees that day and repented and said I need you Jesus and I'll follow you all my days and that man who had been in obedience, a decade later, the Lord allowed him to see the fruit of that. I'm going to tell you something. There are things you are doing that are making a difference. You may not see that there are clouds, crowds of witnesses that are cheering you on because there's a whole picture that we're not understanding and knowing. Don't give up. I encourage you to discipline yourself until it becomes delight. I encourage you, if there are things that you know are hindering you, get rid of them. Some of us are trying to run and we have a backpack of rocks of our past. It is time to take that pack off and throw it down and go, I'm going on and pressing forward. Or maybe it's something that you keep stumbling over and you're like, Lord, I'm going to do this again unless you change me. And God says, yes, that's what I've been waiting for. Because it's only he that can transform us. We all have stuff. 
We all have those things. We need him and we need one another. Confess your sins one to another that you can be healed so that we can run this race and remember Jesus. I just want you to remember Jesus. He's the author. He's the champion one, the one that began it. He who began a good work will carry it to completion. The author and the finisher of your faith. The joy set before him, he endured. And so it is worth it to me to go through the hard places to reach the prize. That we would be like Paul that says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. So, Father, I just pray right now your spirit would move where it needs to move. However, we all need to hear this, Lord God. And I pray, Father, this word would go out and it would resonate in our hearts and that you would raise us up to be a generation that makes room for the King of Glory to come in. Lord God, I thank you that each one of us have a part in your plan. There's no part too big, no part too small. It all matters. We would align ourselves to you. Father, we thank you we thank you we thank you for those who've gone before us we thank you for those that sowed into us in sunday school classrooms and those who prayed for us and that we didn't even know it thank you lord help us to be found faithful and i thank you that even when we are faithless you are faithful and we can stay with confidence i'm confident of this very thing you who begun a good work and us will carry it to completion and lord i pray for the impossible i pray that this time next year we would go wow i'd never thought i'd see god do this in and through my life i'm doing things i never would have dreamed of that's what he does exceedingly abundantly above and beyond anything we could ask hope for imagine and if you're in that hard place and it's hard i just want to encourage you continue on father i pray for those that are weak that you would strengthen their legs that what is lame would not be dislocated but healed and lord i pray that wherever each one of us are father that we would continue on and that we would see your purposes like in and through this house this region your kingdom come, your will be done. We love you, Jesus. We love you, and we just thank you. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. We thank you. Lord, I pray you restore the light. Break off just the heaviness. Father, I, you know there's this song, Jen Johnson came out like six, I don't know, six years ago. I'm chasing you, I'm so in love. I told Sam, this is a song I won't play to my funeral. He goes, it's kind of a beat. I said, yeah. That was before I was a runner. I want to chase him all my days. I want to know him. Like, like that's the greatest joy that he is the prize. Father, I pray that you restore first loves. And Father, those that are weary, Give them the strategy. Those that have wanted to give up, give them your perspective. Those that need, and sometimes we're injured and we need to take rest. Lord, I pray that your spirit would move in such a way that everyone would walk out of this place, touched by you and knowing what it is that you're saying for them personally. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I think that's where we close this service. <laughs> Sorry, I do like these crash landings. Sam's really good <laughs> at this part. 
Okay, so if anybody would like prayer, <laughs> and if some prayer team could come up, that'd be great. And for everyone else, may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>